to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. Hi all, this episode was recorded a couple of months ago, but we wanted to make sure that we featured ways that you can get involved as we mentioned in our previous episode. So first we want to recognize that those who murdered Breonna Taylor have still not been arrested, so we will be linking a change.org petition demanding action for Breonna Taylor. And lastly, as we mentioned before, all the earnings from our episodes will be going to Sisters Unchained Boston, and all of these links will be in our show notes and in our Instagram bio. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, guys. This is Megan. And it's Taylor. And we hope that you all are doing fantastic on this lovely hot day of May. Oh, it is a beautiful Friday. It feels, to me, yesterday and today felt like true summer with, like, the breeze and the heat and... It is... It's summer in this kitchen right now because we don't have the AC on because somebody is afraid of the air conditioner. <laughs> is is Bodie still afraid of the air conditioner? Oh, man. Like, when he's hot enough, he's like, you know what? Fine. No big deal. Turn it on. But then other days, he hides behind the couch. And I'm just like, dude, come on. It's it's a good thing. You need the air conditioner. You will yes, die of You heat. will you perish. Are- because he has, his hair is a little bit longer, like, than Piper's, it looks like, from, from pictures and stuff. So he probably gets hot pretty quick. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's too much longer than Piper's. It's definitely, like, that terrier hair that's the short-haired dog. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't even know what climate <laughs> terriers are made for. <laughs> Well, we started to realize that we don't think Piper was made for any climate. So at first we thought (laughs) she was made for hot weather because she gets so cold in the winter. She has to wear a jacket because she has no fur on her little belly. She just has skin, which is super weird. And it gets like sticky, like sweaty, which is very strange. It's very strange. I've never had a dog who's like, gets like sticky. Um, And then this summer we've been playing out in the yard with her because we haven't been able to really go for walks because it's so crazy around us um and she gets so hot so quick and she gets big tongue and she's just like going around going around the backyard trying to find shade and we're like piper are you like only made for like 60 degree weather and that is it like you can't be in any other weather so she's just been laying on every cold surface she can find the last couple days know pretty much the pigs upstairs are straight lounging they love this they're like <laughs> digging the 75 and sunny and they're right in front of the window <laughs> oh they're oh that's good for them that's amazing. that's amazing and you go upstairs and they're legit lounging like they'll be like laying on their side with their paws up or like half in the castle half out of the castle and i'm just like oh god nice must be nice that is so funny must be nice good life (laughs) meanwhile Bodhi can't walk that far because he soon will be getting the heartworm treatment but has not gotten it yet and so the poor thing I was telling the director on the phone the other day I was like I really want to get this done because we walk for like less than a half a mile and he starts panting because it's hot and I'm like okay buddy we have to go home we have to turn around and he looks at me like are you friggin kidding me like come on mom He's like, we took seven steps, lady. And I'm just like, I know. And so then it's me looking like the horrible owner dragging him back oh. home. You know what I mean? I'm like, come yeah. on, dude. You can't be panting. And he's like, screw you, mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor little Bodie. He's like, I don't understand. I I'm like, to I'll let you. I'll throw the ball to you in the air conditioning. He doesn't like that. <laughs> He's over it, so. He's like, I'm done with these shenanigans. Yeah, we frequently joke, like, take me back. Bring me back to the shelter. This place sucks. <laughs> Whenever he gets, like, rules, like, you can see it in his face. He's like, this place sucks. Bring me back. He's like, I hate rules. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, it is kind of nice because we'll be going back down to the shelter for the treatment, so I'm sure he'll be excited to see all of the, like, volunteers yeah. and whatnot. He's old friends. Loves everybody, loves everything, and now actually, so so, because he sees the dogs next door barking at the birds, he now is like, oh, this is fun. 
I like chasing birds. Oh my gosh. I so love we're not it. afraid of birds anymore. Well, that's good. His prey drive is starting to, you know, be reinvigorated. Or he's just trying to show that he's not terrifying or terrified of everything. <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, I can bark at birds too. Look at me do this. Yeah, I can't Will even imagine if one got now? close to him. Can't even imagine. <laughs> Piper Lord. keeps finding bumblebees in the backyard. Does she eat them? She doesn't eat them. What she does is she follows them around and she boops them with her nose. <laughs> he eats them. Oh no! <laughs> he eats them. Like straight out of the air. I'm like, dude. <laughs> You're going to get a puffy face at some point in your near future. Oh I can, yeah. I can feel it. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. He'll, his little nosy with, oh my gosh, it's going to be so funny but so awful. He's going to have a huge snoot, for oh sure. Oh my gosh, I love a big, a big, <laughs> big swollen snoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so did you, I know you edited the episode, but did you listen to the last episode that we did when like literally everything went wrong in my house? I was killing myself laughing. Yes, it was but so it was funny. Like, the garbage truck goes by, which by the way, because it was the holiday, the garbage truck might go by again. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but folks, this is just quarantine life. This is just our lives now. Well, I felt a little bit better. I only say this because now Bodhi doesn't eat all day. I give him his breakfast in the morning. He's like, meh, I don't really feel like it. It's now 1.45 in the afternoon when we record. And he's like, oh, you know what? It's a great time to eat right in the same room that I'm recording in. <laughs> That's why I say that. But... I was listening to the latest MFM episode when, like, she had to go and shut the, Taryn had to go shut the window and, like, stuff was oh happening. Oh my gosh, like, yes. I feel, I feel better about myself. I haven't listened to that episode yet. I'll have to go listen to it. I'm, like, so behind on all my other podcasts. Like, I just, because usually I have all this time to listen to them, but I've been, like, I've been so busy that I haven't been listening to them. I've, yeah, I was behind because I listen to them pretty much exclusively when I drive, like, yeah. from work. But now that we've been taking walks, that's when I've been listening to them in chunks. Oh, that's smart. That's a really good yeah. idea. I, I've been like, I've been tending more towards music lately, and I don't know why. Like, I realized I was, um, with the last podcast on the left, I'm like, I just went back, and I haven't listened to their episodes since April, April 18th, I think was the oh, last wow. episode. I'm, I'm sorry, not April. March. March 18th. Oh my god. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so behind. I was in the middle of the, um, they were doing the JFK assassination. Um, oh. and they, they were like five first, they do like five or six parts they did. And, uh, I was like right in the middle of it and I just stopped listening to it. So I've been starting to listen, listen to that again when I get ready in the morning and like in the shower and stuff. Cause I'm like, okay. I gotta catch up with my ones. boys. It's really an interesting one to listen to. I don't. I never listened to them. I don't know why. The only time I listened to them was when we were driving in San Francisco. I remember we were driving back to the airport, so we almost didn't make it. <laughs> yup. Because <laughs> we spent too much time in Napa. <laughs> oh, that pretty much sums up our entire lives. <laughs> I mean, the best thing about that was. We went out to San Francisco. I met you out there because you were on a work trip. I just entertained myself the whole time. And then Friday night came when you didn't have to work on Saturday. And we're like, oh, we're going to do Napa. But then Friday we went too hard. And lesson, and we're like, I don't This want is the lesson for other people. If you plan on going to a vineyard and doing classy things the next day, do not go too hard the night before. That is a lesson learned. Oh my god, we were like forcing wine. We're like, oh, it's good, but it's so. Bad. Oh, it, you want, and we wanted to so bad. We wanted to enjoy the wine in Napa, and we were like, this is great. Crying. <laughs> I know it's so hungover. <laughs> and my mom was like, "How was Napa? It must have been beautiful." And I'm like, "Yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful." beautiful. <laughs> I was glad that I wasn't the one driving, that's for sure. <gasps> yeah, that we're was like, rough. We're too old now. We didn't even really go, like, that no. hard. No. Which actually, we're just too old. Speaking of being old, did you see that we have a memory on Facebook today? I didn't. Yep. From my, get ready for it, 
22nd birthday. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go look at that after this. That's at insane. Jillian's that no longer exists. <gasps> That's crazy. I can't believe that was. I'll have to go back and look. That's so funny. I got a notification about the the one that popped up for me, my memory today that like I didn't go back and look at all of them, was of Jeff and I on a hike from seven years ago. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. Oh. It, it was weird life. Have you known Jeff that long? Apparently, we've been together for, since 2012, so eight years. Dang. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it really is insane. I, like, I like realized that the other day, and I was like, we've been together for eight years. We're going to be married for four years and three months. That really is the craziest thing. That's because insane. we felt so like you were getting married and we're like we're so old and sophisticated and now I'm like wow you guys were babies when you got married we were babies when we got married straight yeah. up babies like I yep. look at people who are 25 now and I'm like why are you getting married and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's actually like acceptable it's super weird it's so weird how your perspective on like age and stuff changes like that yeah it's a uh... Oh, man, we just keep getting older. And the kids I teach just keep staying the same damn age. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing about teaching. the hardest thing. It's like every year it's like, I'm 14. And I'm like, damn it, I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But well, I, would, I would not go back to being 14. No, never. And you couldn't pay me to go back to being 14. I'm happy. I, I'd rather be this, this age. Let's, let's hear the segue you were just about to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, speaking of trips that we've taken in the past, not together, <laughs> but individually. <laughs> I was like, what is this segue going to be? Oh, I see. We took two conversation topics prior. <laughs> been holding on to it for too long. <laughs> Where are we going today, Megan? We're going to London. Across the pond. Which... I didn't realize would be so, I mean, how many times did I text you and I was like, wait, I think it's here. And wait, I think it's here. But wait, I think these are both London, but I don't know that I actually, so I picked London because it was a suggestion from someone that we met on our Insta page. Woo-woo. Thanks everybody for all your engagement on our Insta. It's been beast. It's, it's history of crime. And I go on and I look every day. I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, but regardless, I think they're a journalist. They do such a fantastic job with their short little, they're not even Instagram stories. They're like posts, but they're like are a story through like pictures. Oh, cool. And they do such a good job summing up these crimes. And, you know, we started chatting on the Insta. And they were like, oh, you should do this one that I won't spoil. I'll tell you about later. And then I looked into it and I had to message them back like the other day. And I was like, so is this a part of London or is this different? And what is this? And they're just like, all right, dude. (laughs) It's so confusing. Yeah. So it's exciting. I'm excited to go to Europe. I know. I miss Europe so much. I um, almost a year ago. A year ago in a few days, uh, a year, that didn't make sense. Almost a year ago, in a couple days, <laughs> I, was, I was in London at this time, is what I was trying to say. Uh, um, I was supposed to be in Italy, but that's a devastating. I know. I know. I would love to go back to <laughs> London. It was, it, we were there for a really, really, really short time visiting um, our friends Kim and her boyfriend James, and it was amazing um, mm-hmm. to bop around there. But so we're going to the little area called Perryville, Perryvale. You got to say and, it with an accent. Perryvale. Perryvale. I, so I don't know <laughs> if that's how it's pronounced. Um, it's something like that. P-E-R-I-V-A-L-E. Um, and it's an area in Greater London. So. Yeah. Uh, it is 9.5 miles west of uh, Charing Cross. It is the smallest of seven towns which make up the London borough of Ailing. 
I believe. See, this is this is where I got tripped up. So it's Greater yes. London, but is it a London borough? Like, what does that mean? Yes, I so boroughs it, were supposed to be in there. Yes, so it so it's part of so it's part so it is a it is a town within a London borough. God damn! Now I know why everything is so freaking confusing in Massachusetts. Because <laughs> we did this shit. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And I, I believe it's pronounced Ailing. It's E A L I N G. Um, so, um, it is do do do. do um, it is the most residential um, of this area with a library, community center, a number of parks and open spaces, as well as a large industrial estate. So uh, Perryvale is an ancient parish in the historic county of Middlesex. Um, it was one of the uh, county's smallest parishes up until the early 20th century at just 633 acres and it had a negligible population. So, so the Church of St. Mary's Perryvale is one of the London's oldest churches, dating to the the to at least the early 13th century, and the church still stands today. Wow, the 13th century! Isn't that crazy? Damn. Yeah. So, in 2011, the 2011 census it showed, um quote-unquote other white to be the largest ethnicity within Perryvale 22, at 22 percent. This is followed by white British, which is 20 percent. I don't know what other white is versus probably other Probably other European ethnicities. That makes sense. Okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, it's like it probably makes a lot of sense if you are British, but that which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I know, because here it's like you're white or you're white. Like, or you're one of those goddamn Irish. <laughs> and I can say that because I am Irish and some people really hated me in London. <laughs> yeah, well, you have the flaming red hair too, which kind of like set you off. Did I ever tell you what somebody said to my sister and I in London? I think you did, but but please reiterate for the audience. So most, I'm, I'm not going to say that a lot of people, most people were wonderful to us because they're normal humans. But then there was this like small section of people that were like, because mm, we look so Irish, like down yeah. to our bitter core. So this one guy, he came up and he asked us where we were from. And so we were just telling everybody we were from Boston because everybody in Europe, well, everybody in like, London and Ireland know Boston. Yep. And he goes, ah, oh, you know what they say about Boston? And my sister and I are like, no. <laughs> he goes, it's a, it's a London town with an Irish invasion. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, nice. Hey, cool. <laughs> so we don't like lightning. random dude. <laughs> yeah, we were like waiting in line for coffee or something. And you were like, thank you, sir. Thank you. And we were, we were talking so everybody could hear that we were American. And that's when he asked. And so that's weird. what he said to the very Irish-looking girls. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a strange – I find it such an odd um, thing. Like, when you go to – so, as an American, when you go to countries um, of where your ancestors may have gone – come from so mm -hmm. ireland or england or france or you know wherever the heck they're from i'm just naming where, where our heritages are from yeah. um, and you are like recognized within that culture as reflecting that heritage so it's super confusing so like i haven't been to ireland yet so i don't know if i'll be recognized as like irish when i'm there nothing in in london happened either way no one asked me but every time I've gone to France um I people always just assume that I'm French which is really and funny speak and, to you in French and speak to me in French and it's really funny because they don't speak to Jeff in French because he looks so Norwegian um mm. that in and so he's actually the he speaks his French is really good and mine is horrendous um but so when they would come up to us at a table, like a waiter would come up to us at a table, they would immediately look at me and start talking. And I would be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
don't know what you're saying. And then Jeff interject and start saying things. But it is super fascinating. Um, we, We always stick out, but when we were in Ireland, we were in, God, Cork, I think. And it was really funny because this, we were, my sister and I were talking and there was this little kid behind us and he started asking his mom why we sounded so funny, but looked so normal. <laughs> She's like, they're not from here. They're American. It's okay, honey. Like, That's stop being a jerk. <laughs> so cute. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was like, this is the only time we blend in. Like we'd walk up to a place and people would give us like a look initially, like, oh, like, you're not from here. I'm like, I fit in, I found my people, because everywhere else, I stick out like a sore yeah. thumb. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling when you go somewhere where other people, like, look like you. You're mm-hmm. like, this is strange. That also happened to me um, in Quebec. Hmm. Uh, that was a, that would happen literally at a table with, like, a bunch of people, and they would immediately turn to me and start speaking French, and I'd be like, nope. Nope, are, this is the- your mom is super French, isn't she? Yeah, my my mom's side is very French. So my great grandmother came from Paris, um, and then on both sides there is French Canadian as well. So oh, okay. it's like yeah. So I'm a pretty a pretty even mix of the French and the Irish. Um, so I'll be curious to see one day when I go to Ireland how that uh how that plays out for me. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, back to our white <laughs> Enough conversation. Enough about us. <laughs> Enough about us. Let's talk more about white people. So, um, <laughs> so blah, 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 blah. So the other white category has 22%. White British has 20%. And then Indian actually makes up 15%, which is pretty cool. Hmm. So Perry I mean, Vale, that makes sense because it does. Britain, uh, like India was a colony of Britons for a long time. So it makes a lot of yep. sense. Exactly, exactly. Um, so there's some really cool, like, Indian influence, um, particularly with food in London, which is beast. Mm-hmm. I love it. So Perryvale um, has the highest number of Polish residents in London. Hmm. Who'd have thunk? As such, the widest spoken foreign language in Perryvale is Polish. Um, it is the primary language of over 2,000 of its residences. Hmm. So that's a pretty high pretty high percentage. That is, that's huge. Um, so Perryvale was a relatively high, has a relatively high rate of home ownership. So 62% of households are, are owned, um, which is very high. And 27% of homes are privately rented with just 9% of households living in a rented social house. So I, social I'm, I'm, not, house. I'm not entirely sure what a social house is, but I guess it's like many people living together would be my guess um so get ready for this so the average property value in perryvale is 207 two i'm sorry excuse me is five hundred and twenty-seven thousand pounds oh baby or uh that is six hundred and forty six thousand dollars damn it be expensive um Interestingly enough, the average household income is thirty nine pound thirty nine thousand pounds or forty six thousand dollars. Well, that's why you got all them social homes. You yeah, fool your money. <laughs> I need a social home in my life. Um, <laughs> Do you? Yeah, maybe not. That sounds like a lot of people and close by. I'm good. I'm trying to build a moat around my house to keep people out. So. Um, so yeah, so that is Perryvale in a nutshell. That's awesome. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Especially since I did this crime and had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> when you texted me yesterday and you're like, I'm pretty sure it's Perryvale. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I sure hope so. Cause that's what I got all the info on. <laughs> oh man. We're just a shit show and it's fine because if you've made it this many episodes in, you just know we're a shit show and you're yeah, along just, for the ride. You're just we going, appreciate you. Yep. We, we do. You're appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so my case, like I told you, was suggested by the person, the journalist who runs history of crime. And it was, it's the murder of Penny Bell. Mm. And they were totally right to suggest this because this one, 
can't make too much sense of. Usually I like, I mean, you know, me, I love some good suspense and I like to bury the lead and be like, Ooh, what happens next? I can't even do that with this one. Cause it's just so <laughs> like, what? So we're just going to dive right in. All right. So my sources for murder of Penny Bell are case remains podcast, which was really good and really informative. Mm. And I think is somebody from the UK because they had a very lovely accent so much so that some of the words I had to go back and be like, what is that word again? <laughs> I love me a good accent. <laughs> I also got it from a Vice article, good old Reddit, my London and Wikipedia. Okay. Good old so, wiki. Oh God, good old wiki. All right. So Ruth Penelope Bell, fondly known as Penny, was an English wife and mother of two living with her family in Baker's Woods, Buckinghamshire, which I was told was a county. Buckinghamshire. Okay. Okay. Penny had an 11-year-old son, Matthew, from a previous marriage, and a 9-year-old daughter, Lauren, with her husband, Alistair. What a name, right? Alistair. Alistair. Who is Alistair uh, Crane? That's someone. Oh, Fraser. There we go. Anyway. Oh. I only know Ichabod <laughs> Crane from the, what's that headless horse? I mean, one? that too. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> um, okay. So at the time for murder, Alistair and Penny had been married for 10 years. They were both very successful in their careers. Penny was a partner at Cover Staff Limited, an employment agency, and Alistair was a real estate agent. The family lived in a section of Buckinghamshire known as, quote, the home of the stars. In June 1991, the Bells were doing a 100,000 pound worth 100,000 pounds worth of renovations on their kitchen. So, Just their kitchen? Yeah. They did, they did really well for themselves. That must um, be a real nice kitchen. I forget. I was going to write down how much their home was worth. It was something like, it was something like today's money would be worth like 600,000. But doing 100,000 pounds worth of renovations. That's a lot. Yeah. And that's in 1991. That's 30 years ago. That's that's really expensive for like because even in today's money like kitchen remodel I mean, it depends on what you're doing but like a kitchen remodel like I mean you could spend anywhere from like you know twenty to eighty on just like a regular like a remodel mm-hmm. so this must have been like real like real upscale I would love to just spend like five thousand on this kitchen girl same. <laughs> All right, so, okay, so due to the construction, um, it made for a really busy household on the morning of June 6th. The day started off normally with the arrival of builders and Alistair, Penny, and the kids getting ready for work in school. Alistair described Penny's mood as bright and chirpy, which I've never heard before, but it was really cute. I've heard, like, chipper. I know. I kept wanting to say chippery. I'm like, no, it's chirpy. It's chirpy. chirpy. That's yeah, cute. cute. Isn't like it? a little bird. So although she didn't wave goodbye to him like she normally did, he attributed that to the chaos of the renovations. After Alistair and the kids left the house, Penny spent some time discussing samples of wooden wallpaper with the builders. And at about 940, she told them that she was late for an appointment at 950 and left the house taking the samples with her. Penny was found stabbed to death in her powder blue Jaguar XJS a few hours later at the Gurnall Leisure Center. Oh my the gosh. End. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Can you imagine? That's right. Can you imagine? And that's it. Thanks, and that's, that's the whole case. <laughs> okay. The autopsy report shows that Penny was stabbed over 50 times with a three to four inch knife. That's Did they a little have- bit of overkill. Do they use inches in the UK? I, for some reason, I thought everywhere else except here use centimeters, meters, grams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't use inches. Interesting. Okay. So, with a three to four inch knife. Forensics showed that she was initially stabbed. This is so sad. She was initially stabbed from the passenger seat. Then the attacker got out and stabbed her through the driver's side door. Like, open up the door, open up the window. Then got back into the car and kept stabbing her. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Police described this as a frenzied attack, and it's likely that she knew her killer as this was very personal in nature. It seems like it, yeah. 
She was not sexually assaulted, nor was anything stolen from her car, including her purse and handbag. The wooden wallpaper samples she had taken with her were found between the driver and passenger seats as if she'd been showing them to someone. Fingerprints were also taken from the car that did not match anyone in the Bell family. And the, I, I love this word so much, the Lejoplex was about a mile off of Penny's normal route and she had never been there before. So I'm pretty sure a Lejoplex is like a gym. It said they had like a pool and oh, okay. I'm assuming like gym equipment and like maybe tennis so it's courts. Like, it's like the Y, but better. Yeah, it sounded like, a, yeah. It's the fancy why. It's the leisure flex. It's the, it's the fancy why. <laughs> the leisure flex. Okay. Um, police noted that she did not have any bags or equipment with her to suggest that she had intended to go to the leisure flex to swim or otherwise work out. So there were no witnesses of, to the attack, even though the leisure center was busy at the time and just off of a main road. So, like, this place was packed. Interesting. Um, yeah. Her car had been parked near some hedges that presumably gave the attacker a bit of a shield from public view. So it sounds like he had, like, parked up towards where, like, some really tall hedges were. So you definitely couldn't see her from the windshield, like, looking in. And maybe there was some covering around. It sounded like you could only see it from, like, the back window. So, mm. I don't know. So it sounds pretty, like, planned if he pulled up yeah to so the hedges right it's also super bold super yeah, it is bold, bold to do it there it's anyway. a very bold location yeah yeah so the car was also essentially soundproof which was what muffled her screams he may have been able to slip out of the back of the leisure center as it abutted a river and fields otherwise he'd be like going out to the main road and he would have been covered in blood so somebody would have seen him um, doo -doo 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 -doo. okay, police were essentially left with no evidence. There was one report of a man leaving the complex quickly in his car, and another report of a man walking out of the parking lot. However, there were no reports of suspicious people, like nobody covered in blood, nobody who looked like they had just, you know, done something they shouldn't have done. Yeah. So it was really, it, and that was the thing I think that's the most baffling is this happened in the middle of the day at like a gym parking lot which is like i just can't even that's just so crazy to me yeah so alistair was obviously immediately questioned however he had a solid alibi and police cleared him alistair told police that he's bisexual and prior to penny he had had an 11-year relationship with a man which penny was well aware of and the ex-boyfriend attended their wedding as well so Alistair was forthcoming with this information, but once the press found out, public opinion changed mm. and mm -hmm. not nice towards him. I'm so sure. prior, yeah, prior to this information being publicized, the police were getting 250 calls a day regarding the case. And after that, they stopped getting any calls. So it's like this poor man is like, my wife has been murdered. He doesn't have anything to do with it. He's been cleared. And because this poor guy is bisexual, they're like, mm, you must have done it. That's, yeah. I know, it's That's sad. I mean, crazy. Jeez. the podcast that I was listening to said the electrician basically, like, had this quote. And it sounded like the electrician didn't believe he was bisexual because he wasn't, like, the way he put it was he wasn't very effeminate. So basically because have, he You don't have to be feminine presenting to be bisexual. You don't have to be feminine yeah. presenting to be gay, straight, whatever. I know. Well, you know, 91, man. Oh, yeah, this was 91. Okay, yes. I people forgot. had okay. thoughts. People had thoughts. Not people, that we agree with them, yeah. but people had thoughts. No, 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 no. So Alistair had inherited the estate and a 200,000 pound life insurance policy and the public believed either he was involved or an ex-lover had killed Penny. Alistair and his business partner put up a $20,000 reward for any information about her murder three months after her death. So that was kind of like a, what he said, a last ditch effort to try and get some information. So, I mean, this guy obviously cared. 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because they noted that the $20,000 reward was huge because at the time, the average salary was 11,000 pounds. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. And I apologize if I said $20,000 reward because it's it's pounds. (laughs) Struggling here. Um, I, you said, you said, I don't know what you said, but I heard it as pounds. All right, great. Excellent. We just keep on moving forward. <laughs> okay. So he's also, this, this kind of made me sad. And I watched one of the interviews too on YouTube. He is quoted as saying, um, she was the other half of his personal jigsaw. I know. That hurts. Mm-hmm. So this case is tricky because so many people did not come forward with information from months or years later. So keep that in mind as we go through um, witness statements that they came to police at different times. Um, Otherwise, it's like just so much chronologically that I just condensed it down, make everything a little easier for us. Okay. So um, Penny's daughter, Lauren, is also super outspoken about the case. She's particularly displeased with the way the police handled the investigation, so stating that they took her mother's fingernails to test for evidence and lost them for 17 years. 17 years they lost them and they found them. But by that point, they were so contaminated, you can't find anything of value. Oh my goodness. Additionally, they took the car to run tests, but left it unprotected, losing or damaging potential clues. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah. The evidence stuff is always like so infuriating. It kills you. It kills you because just imagine if they had kept <sighs> those fingernails until 2010 when we had really advanced, you know, DNA yeah. profiling come out. I mean, they would have probably gotten a profile had she fought back. So. <sighs> the frustration so frustrating. the frustration mounts okay yeah so let's backtrack and talk a bit about the events that took place on june 6th penny was a meticulous note taker like somebody else i know who's also Ooh. on this zoom call weird i wonder who that could be <laughs> you know it's kind of sad because like if i ever got murdered and it was like this people be like she didn't leave any help for us we don't know anything i'm just always so out there it's like is she napping for seven hours is she dead did she do (laughs) anything today who knows did someone call her and say come on over (laughs) oh my god it's true your murder would be very hard to solve meanwhile you you would probably write it down before you'd be currently you. being murdered <laughs> no, you would, like literally it would be very easy to, to figure out my everything you'd know exactly just, where i was at what time what i was doing who i was with which is good for jeff because he'd be suspect numero uno mm-hmm. it's always always the husband <laughs> it's always the husband Okay, so Penny was a meticulous note taker, and even though she told the builders she was late for an appointment, there was never any record of it. Hmm. She left the house at 9.40 a.m., and the electrician, who was the last person to see her, noted that nothing seemed out of the ordinary. It could have been that she lied to the builders and said that she had an appointment so that she could, you know, leave the house. You know how sometimes she's like, oh, I gotta run, you know? Yep. Um, Could have been one of those. Another interesting tidbit that she didn't keep record of, nor did she tell her husband about, is the 8,500 pounds she withdrew from their joint account three days prior on June 3rd. Interesting. So this money could have been withdrawn as a deposit for the builders, but she had never pulled that much money out before. Alistair didn't know about it, and obviously he knew about the renovations on his house, (laughs) unless he's real out there. (laughs) (laughs) and um the money was never recovered so some people speculate that it might have been with her because lauren had said that she saw a wad of cash in her mom's purse that morning so maybe the person took it out of her purse before he left interesting yeah why did she have it in the first place no idea Hmm. there's no information on, on why they just, 8,500 pounds was withdrawn, and it was never seen again. That's bizarre. So, yeah. 
So a dog walker claimed to have seen a man waiting in a brown car at 9.45 a.m. at a park about five minutes from Penny's house. She then saw Penny pull up and the man go into the car. There are a few reports about what happens next, but the main thing is that everybody agrees that Penny's Jaguar was driving very slowly down the road, like 10 to 15 miles an hour, with her hazard lights on. And I think it was like a main busy road. Like it was, a, I mean, it was a big deal. So it like um, really stood out. Mm-hmm. So because of this, many people were honking and driving around her. A van driver says that sometime between 10 and 10.30, he came upon Penny's car and saw her try to pull over and the man in the passenger seat grabbed the wheel and forced her to continue down the road. The van driver describes the man in his 40s, possibly with a beard, dark hair, and a bracelet. He told the police he had, this is, I'm like, really? He told the police he had assumed she was driving the way she was because it was a new car and she wasn't used to driving it. Interesting. Can you imagine, like, how many times do people do test drives? Can you imagine if they drove, like, 10 miles an hour down the road? (laughs) Can you imagine? That is so strange. Okay. So another motorist also reports seeing Penny's car drive slowly, and when he passed her car, he saw her mouth the words, help me. But he didn't do anything. If somebody... Okay. I know. If, If you drive by a car... And somebody mouths, help me? What does it cost you to just, like, pick up the phone? I mean, I guess this is 99. And report the so, plate. Like, oh, but, yeah. like, but, like, now. Let, let's, let's use this to, as a lesson lear- lessons learned for now. Just yeah. pick up the phone, call the police, say, hey, this weird thing just happened. Here's the license plate number. This is where we are. Maybe go check I mean, that out. I get not intervening in the immediate instance because you don't know, Definitely. you know what I mean? But when no. you get to where you're going, maybe you call somebody. Yeah, maybe just, you know, it might be a good idea. Just to yeah. do a little, little checkup on that. Yeah. So he described the man in the passenger seat as 30 to 35, medium build, dark swept back hair, a mole on his left cheek, smartly dressed with a ring on his right finger. Hmm. Which I'm like, wow, you can see all of that from the car that you're no, in? seriously. I mean, How did he you got a good look at that guy. 30, 30 to 35? I mean, I can't guess. <laughs> no. Everyone keeps noticing the jewelry that this man is wearing, too. Like, the bracelet yes. and the ring and the... Yes. Also, a mole on his left cheek. I mean, damn, dude, you are looking hard at that person. Like, Very he... observant. Were you even looking at the road? <laughs> I think he was the passenger. Ah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. So police believe that she was murdered at about 10.30 a.m. So, like, 40 minutes after she left her house. 50 minutes after she left her house. I know. Poor thing. Um, At 11 a.m., two women passed by Penny's Jaguar in the parking lot and saw her slumped over the driver's seat. They assumed she'd fallen asleep and continued into the Gurnall Leisure Center. Yes. I mean, I can't, like, I can't totally fault them because there have definitely been times when I've been so tired in my driveway that I just, totally. like, I just put the seat back and take a snooze for a couple minutes before I go inside. But I, mean, I think it depends on her, the wheel. Yeah, the, it depends on the position. Like, is it a, com- like, ask yourself, is it a comfortable sleeping position? <laughs> oh, man. So, at 12.15, the women returned to their car and saw Penny still slumped over. And this was when police were first alerted and the investigation began. Thank goodness they finally called. <laughs> Leave it to the women. <laughs> so about a year after the attack, family friend John Richmond came forward stating that he would give details about what happened to Penny for 80,000 pounds. Real nice family friend, isn't This it? is a family friend? A family friend. I'm sorry, so, what? I know, right? So if anything happens to you, I'm not talking unless somebody pays me like 200%. <laughs> Where's my money? And then I'll tell you what happened. And then listen, someone gives you the money and you're like, I don't know anything. <laughs> listen, I'm the bestie, all right? But you gotta pay me. Because <laughs> so the life stupid. wasn't worth it. That is so crazy. Oh my God, yeah. people are uh, so selfish. 
I mean, that's so shitty. Like, come on. Oh my god, how greedy can you be? (laughs) So he claimed that he and Penny were having an affair and that she had gone to see him the day of the murder. His fingerprints were found in her Jaguar. He states that she was murdered (laughs) by a contract killer. However, police could not find a reason why someone would be hired to kill her. I'm sorry, I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it's just like, dude, if you're going to come up with a story, you got to come up with a better one than that. Like, who just lets a contract killer into her car? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, too, like, who's going to believe the random, the family friend, quote unquote, who, like, demands $80,000 and then spins up this crazy story? He's like, listen, listen. I didn't pay for her to be killed. I just know it was a contract killer. Again, not I can't me. tell you. I can't tell you how I know that. I just know. heard it. Heard it through that grapevine. <laughs> okay. So, oh, man. Richmond was obviously arrested and questioned. However, he was released without charges brought against him. Police didn't think his story was at all credible. And yeah, then, I don't think so. I would say. But perhaps maybe charge him with uh, interfering with the investigation. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. You're right. That would have been a good thing to charge him with. Maybe it just wasn't murder charges brought against him. I don't know, but from the podcast, it just said charges were not brought against Mm. him. So in July of 92, Scotland Yard announced that Richmond had nothing to do with it. And at the same time, the police team working on her case disbanded and the case went cold. So it was like a year after her murder. Jeez. I know. Um, poor thing, too. She wasn't buried until three months after her, maybe four months after her murder. She wasn't buried until September. Wow. Of 91. But she was buried, um, I'm pretty sure, at St. Mary's that you were talking oh. about. Yeah. Yes. Well, it comes full circle. Yeah, that rang a bell to me. So let's hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So in 2008, Robert Knapper was questioned regarding Penny's murder. He had been convicted for raping and killing multiple women in the early 90s, and he attacked victims at random by stabbing them in a similar manner that Penny was stabbed. So he often stabbed his victims, like, in the chest and neck, like how she was stabbed. Um, After questioning, Knapper was ultimately cleared of the murder charges. So they basically were like, he doesn't have anything to do with it. There's no corroboration. Um, police conduct 8,000 interviews regarding Penny's murder and have only wow. ever been able to name Napper as a suspect. Wow, in that's a lot of interviews, though. It, that's a ton of interviews. In 2000, blood samples from the car were sent for testing. However, there was no conclusive results drawn. Hmm. Lauren speaks to the press about her mother from time to time to keep her mother's case alive. Um, she's in touch with a team of investigators who are you know, still trying to work what forensics they have left of the case. Um, But she does say that her mom's case gets bumped every time a new case arises. So that's, Mm. she's like, I understand, but that's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, I mean, the murder of this woman is sad. It is. She sounds like she was a fantastic mom, but this part kind of breaks my heart even more. And I'm sure if Penny was still around, this would also like kill her. Mm. So. Lauren and her father unfortunately fell out of touch when Mm -hmm. Alistair asked Lauren to move out when she was 19 years old because, quote, he couldn't love anymore. Oh, no. That's just so awful all around. And this is the quote from the Vice article, and it just, okay, so it says, the tragedy of Penny Bell's murder didn't end on June 6th. Ten years later, when Lauren was 19, her father, Alistair, told his daughter he couldn't do love anymore and asked her to leave the family home. Her brother had left some years prior for boarding school. I feel more scared about the breakdown of my relationship with my father than I do with my mom, says Lauren. My mom didn't have a choice of not being here, but when your only parent left, the person who's supposed to love you unconditionally turns around and tells you they don't want you anymore, it wounded me beyond belief. And I wish it had been that. And I, and I wish it had been that kind. He was acidic in the way that he did it. He told me he wished he'd never met my mother because then he wouldn't be in this situation. I feel convinced my life is better off for it now, but it was devastating at the time. Ugh. I know. That's horrible. Oh my gosh. 
I know. I was like really rooting for this guy for so long. And then I was like, damn, dude, like really? Someone needs some therapy in a bad way. <sighs> yeah. So she also lost all memory of her mother, which um, she lost during the grieving process, which is mm. probably a coping mechanism. Yeah, truthfully. probably. Fortunately, she has been able to overcome all of the heartbreak that plagued her childhood and is now a very successful director of an event company. Good for her. She, yep. She also gave birth to a child in 2014, a little girl named Penny. I know. And that is the really sad case of Penny Bell that's still unsolved. That is, that's really sad. And like, huh. I think that's one of the sadder ones that we've done. It's definitely really sad. I mean, that whole family broke apart. I know. Like, I just, I so wonder about that $8,300, like. There's definitely, like, something that she was involved in. And I don't even want to say involved. I don't want her to be, like, you know, she was involved with the mafia or anything. So I don't think that. But there was somebody that she was meeting that day that was not a good person. And I don't know if she was trying to pay him off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they are very rich people. We all have a past and maybe she had done something like really stupid in her past that would have ruined her career and she was going to pay somebody off, you know? Yeah. Granted, that's not a large amount of money to pay somebody off with, but. It's not. Unless it was like, I don't know, or it was, you know, paying them off for her, a family member, like something her someone in her family had done or unless it, it was be. this very very greedy family friend that she was paying off to not tell about an affair or to true because he did ask for 80,000 pounds you're right very greedy I don't know I mean it's so it's like literally you look on wikipedia and you listen to the podcast and it's like the list of suspects are zero yeah it's like such a bizarre one and like because they were doing work on their house like it like you think maybe like she could have been meeting someone to give them money for something but like the amount like the overkill that happened in her murder is just like it had to have been personal yeah you're right I don't know I mean it could have been an affair I have no idea it could have had something to do with her I mean, she was married once before. Mm. But yeah, I have. Wow. I know. That's, so that's crazy. Sad. I hope oh. they figure it out. Like, I hope they can find some sort of forensics and figure it out, but. I hope so. Well, that was well, a good one, Meg, though. I mean, sad, but it was a good one. Thank you brighten for us up. That. Brighten us up a little bit. Well, I'm going Bring to. Bring in that ray of sunshine. I'm gonna bring it well it's it's a little it's I mean it's 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 something so it's haunted because I like to go down the haunted route that is fun and you know we were talking about you know 13th century churches so um I figured haunted was a good place to go Mm -hmm. so towards the end of world war ii a young boy came across an abandoned house in west london um given the ongoing blitz that wasn't an abnormal sight um but the boy was struck by the strange tower coming out of the top of the rundown building so visiting with his father the young boy andrew green decided to explore number 16 montpelier road while his dad a council uh housing officer got down to work so this property number 16 montpelier road is um it's it wasn't clear to me exactly what town it was in, but it was, you know, when you like Google map, uh, like a place. So I Google mapped Perryville to this location and it was six, mm-hmm. a six minute drive. So it's oh, very close. Right. So Andrew. I love that you Google the, mapped it like you were going to drive it. I was going to drive there. I was going to drive to the house. Um, so Andrew Green, the, the little, the young boy at the time, he later became a famous ghost hunter um, oh. no, yeah, known as the Spectre Inspector. 
that. Yeah. So um, he, so Andrew experienced at this uh, Ealing, Ailing house something both frightening and incredible. So he claims that as he climbed the rungs of the ladder up to the top of the tower, <clears throat> excuse me, my, my throat is very dry, he felt something gripping him and helping him ascent. As he looked out over the roofs of West London, he said he heard a voice in his head telling him to walk over the parapet into the garden. It's only 12 inches down to the lawn. You won't hurt yourself, the voice is said to have continued as Andrew walked past the strange symbols carved into the brickwork. Just as he was ready to jump, his father grabbed him, but the boy's experience had sparked his interest in the paranormal. So, after some research, he found that the house had actually been the site of 20 suicides in 60 years. What? Wait, so it wasn't 12 inches? It definitely was not 12 inches. Um, the hub of which had been the Strange Tower. So, one was that of um, the death of a 12-year-old girl, Anne Hinchfield, who had leapt to her death in 1887. Another was that of a nursemaid. 47 years old, who had thrown herself and the baby of the tower onto the glass below. So other paranormal experiences have been reported at the house, from footprints appearing in the grass to objects going missing. Even the atmosphere of the building was said to be so uncomfortable that workmen felt the need to leave after a few hours of work. Ooh. Yeah. The final confirmation came to Andrew when he got a photo developed that he had taken at the house. The picture showed a young girl's ghostly face in the window of the tower, an image that has appeared on the cover of many of his ghost hunter books. <laughs> Decades later, yeah. That's so, the picture is more like, oh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I know, right? I don't want to. I didn't look it up because I was like, I don't, don't, don't want to see it. <laughs> Decades later, the house was demolished and a new block of flats were put up there. Um, but residents still report strange goings on. Uh, after Andrew Green's book, our haunted kingdom was published a woman contacted him with a theory about why the house was cursed black magic oh she I told him Sorry. i know she told him how she had been a maid there in the late 1800s and described how black rugs and candles would be taken to the lower tower every night as part of some strange magical ritual something that added up with the odd symbols he had seen carved into the brickwork so that is the haunted location of number 16, Montpelier Road. Ooh, that is creepy. Isn't that I creepy? Like, I like that. That would be like a good movie. Yes. Creepy. Makes me want to read his books, but also not because I am a scaredy cat. Yeah, but my house was built in 1986, so I'm fine. Yeah, you're good. I'm the one <laughs> in the haunted house. <laughs> and my, built, my house was apparently, my neighbors were telling me the other day, because we're going to start doing the deck soon. That this was once um, a dump. Oh, like, I don't that's think, cute. I don't think like a legit landfill, but I think it was just like this plot of land that people threw garbage on. Oh, lovely. So my neighbor was like, don't be surprised if you dig and you come across like plastic and glass. And I'm like, oh, great, cool. <laughs> <laughs> People just throwing crap. Colleen found a license plate from 1980 out there when she was doing yard work the other day. Wow, that's crazy. I know. And I was like, 1980, that's weird. But now it makes sense. Now that makes total sense. Oh, that'll be really interesting when you guys start to do more. Yeah. So luckily not an Indian burial ground, just garbage. Yep. Yep. Haunted garbage. Yeah. I don't know what we, what we live on here, but, uh, it's, uh, it'd be an old place (laughs) with like the cistern in the front yard and (laughs) all that good stuff. Oh Lord! Well, keep me updated on that one, friend. <laughs> we'll see. Get some ex- You, you're the one who wants the social house, you know. <laughs> no, no, no! Please stay away from me, everyone. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we are excited to be continually working through suggestions. We have, I think, the next couple are going to definitely be all suggestions because we've gotten a good yeah. amount. If you have any more. Tell us, because we like to do suggestions, make our life easier. Mm-hmm. We talk about things you want us to talk about instead totally. of gambling on. Which we <laughs> we'll still do that, though. <laughs> but it's fine. But yeah, 
love the suggestions. Thanks again to History of Crime. If you have not checked them out, check them out on the Insta because it's so cool, the stories that they do. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And at that, I think we are done for the day. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. See you next time.